couple of morning to you, Dasha Nan. Hala, hala to the listeners of SAFM. Just to let you know, Dasha, you must be able to pronounce all my names. So it's Clive Imputa Bantu Ramatibet. Okay, I'm going to work on it, and and by, by Monday, by Monday, because I th- I, th- I think I'm still going to be with you on Monday, Clive. So absolutely, by Monday, absolutely. I'm going to try to get that. So I'm going to work on it this weekend. So I've got some homework. Uh, Asian stocks fell for a, for a second day. I mean, it's it's adding to this biggest daily drop in almost two months. Is it? Uh, industrial shares are leading that decline. Why? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we should be surprised um, uh, because I, I spoke about it slightly yesterday. You saw the dollar actually ramping on every other currency that is in existence. Um, the MSCI Asia Pacific, which is the index that we use uh, most of the time to evaluate the actual um, Asian stocks and what they do, the activity, also lost about 0.2%. Even if you look at the uh, Australian ASX as well, it's also down, unfortunately, uh, uh, Darshan. We, we've, we've lost a lot of weak economic data and in the first quarter in the U.S., uh, you saw the numbers yesterday, I'm sure, with the jobs numbers or the claims that went down and that sort of created a bit of more stability and it went back. It was actually it was lower than it was expected. Mm. So all this momentum that is created, especially with the U.S. looking to recover, I don't know if we can still call it that, Darshan, I don't know, but I don't think we can still call it a recovery. I think now it's stabilized. There's no more QE. Uh, the Eurozone is the one that's actually struggling a little bit. So all these components start adding up, and unfortunately, if you haven't uh, priced in the risk, if you're in Asian market, the reason why your industrials are the ones that are doing relatively bad is simply because they rely on the on the strength of their local econ- uh, uh, currencies when they export their, in in their in their in their in those countries. So, for example, you'll find companies that rely on exporting materials, exporting metals. They were feeling the pinch. If you look at companies that have to make cell phones and devices and they send them across, they were feeling a bit of a pinch as well. So unfortunately, that's where we sit at the moment. Mm. And now, what's the reason for South Africa's RAND taking a knock? Because yesterday we had the MPC come out. They decided to, to leave interest rates unchanged. They did hint that maybe in the fourth quarter we may see something. And then we had this jobless data out from the U.S., which, which painted a bit of a rosier picture. Why is our RAND taking a knock? Our RAND is not taking it in fact simply because of external measures. And I've, I've mentioned this before. Most of the time we, we always look at the dollar as a comparison and we compare us with the rest of the uh, emerging markets. That, that is, it's, not, it's not that you're wrong if you do that, but it, it is really unfair to compare um, what happens with the dollar, what happens with the euro, uh, what happens with uh, the yuan, and try and compare that to the South African rand because we have a totally different domestic makeup. And that is the reason why, even when things are looking uh, better for the, most of the emerging markets, if our rand, because it's one of the most stable uh, currencies when it comes to emerging markets, we are affected mostly by domestic uh, uh, issues. So, for example, if you look at the uh, CPI numbers, if you look at what we saw with the interest rate, everybody was looking to see, and a lot of uh, investors obviously waiting to see if the uh, MPC will take rates up or not. And if you listen to the tone, I don't know, for the first time, I listened to, you know, we, we, we listened to Lesija yesterday in a very different way. Mm. He seemed to be more on, a, on the troublesome side. He gave a lot more of the things that he's worried about. And that's why we thought he might be actually going to raise the interest rate. I was scared there for a second. So the RAND got affected by that, investor confidence.
I know we talk a lot about CEO pay and executive pay, especially when it comes to ESCOM when they can't keep the lights on. But now we've got this story of, of Google. They poached uh, Ruth Porat from, from Morgan Stanley, and now they're agreeing to pay her more than $70 million by 2016. Is oh. she worth it? I reckon. I reckon Google is just making a statement because it is the first time a female executive will be, pay, will be getting paid uh, just over $68 million by any company, by any tech company for that matter in the U.S. I think they're starting to say, look, if we're going to put trust in females, we better start with ourselves. And you know that Google was voted even last year as one of the most or the best companies to work for because people don't do anything there. They eat peanuts and play games. <laughs> but here she is at $70 million U.S. dollars. You know, um, just to put it into context, she is... In corporate America, one of the high, most highly paid executives in, the, in, in, in the corporate America. In the tech space, she is the most paid. So <laughs> she, 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 they're just setting a standard, uh, Darshan, and I hope that it's a trend that we'll see more because our females really do deserve those positions. They're doing relatively well. Golf is no longer a gentleman only, ladies forbidden. It is ladies welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Clive, you, def- you definitely get the approvals of those in, in studio. Clive, have a fantastic Friday. It's Wolf Weekend.